You're listening to the Girls in Work podcast, the show that brings you interviews and advice for career women everywhere. This is Girls in Work. Find us at girlsinwork.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Girls in Work podcast. We're officially into the fourth week of the new year, so well and truly into 2021 now. I know that for some of us it hasn't been the positive start to the year that we'd hoped for, particularly with lockdown in the UK. But we'd just like to reiterate once again that wherever you are, our DMs are always open, whether you'd like to discuss anything career related or just for a general chit chat. So for this week's episode, we're chatting to Alicia, who works as an employment solicitor at a law firm. We get an insight into what it's really like working in a corporate workplace within the city. We hear about Alicia's career challenges, the highs and lows, plus her advice for anyone already in the corporate world or looking to go down a similar career path. We also discuss why it's important to always be yourself at work and ensuring you don't sacrifice what's important to you whilst progressing in your career. We hope you enjoy it. Alicia, please could you just give us an overview of your career so far and a little bit about what you do now? Yeah, of course. So I am an employment solicitor. It's probably easier to start with what I do now. So I'm an employment solicitor at a small law firm in Leeds called Thrive Law. So we work a lot on the mental health space. We do a lot of discrimination work. We obviously do work for employers as well. But my main kind of day-to-day job is dealing with clients and dealing with their kind of inquiries, obviously with the recent events, the pandemic. (laughs) I have been busier than ever. Obviously the impact that's had on the economy and kind of jobs market increasing numbers of redundancies all this kind of stuff has really meant that we're more in demand than we've ever been so how I um, how I got here I always wanted to be a lawyer and it's one of those things where I think I always wanted to be a lawyer but people always told me I always wanted to be a lawyer <laughs> I've always been told that I would I could argue blacks white and that kind of thing and I think that's kind of just where it's come from and my mum and dad have always said that I was going to be a lawyer like I, I went to university and studied law and never really even questioned if that mm. was what I wanted to do I just had made this little path for myself and and was going to follow it and then I finished university and I I got a training contract in a big law firm in in the city it was a big American law firm and I was pretty pleased to to have got it there was out of I think there's maybe 300 people in our our year and and you really didn't hear of many people having training contracts a lot of people didn't have anywhere to go didn't have anywhere to graduate to immediately and and I I was lucky enough to have one paid for my training my um, LPC they supported me and it was quite nice to know where I was going to go a year later and then I did my LPC and went and did my training contract at this firm and that was interesting I am <laughs> interesting it's uh, it was it was really interesting but a lot of the rumors are true about US law firms so and and about the city in general actually is this idea that you you're lucky if you leave the office at seven o'clock you're um, usually stay until maybe 2am the reason the reception sofas are so comfortable is so that you can sleep on them if you have to stay overnight all, all this kind of thing and I that's kind of something that I did during my training contract worked really hard I briefly got quite ill when I first started so I was kind of always on a on a kind of back foot with that and then I uh, then I did employment and I, I loved employment so then I decided I wanted to qualify into employment I went to I, got, I went to a different firm because I just wasn't happy in the city I wasn't happy in that that environment I'm I would much rather work I wanted to go and get some experience doing 
client side I wanted to kind of have a bit more engagement with like actually talk to clients face to face when you work in like a massive corporate city firm you never actually speak to any clients you the clients maybe speak to the partner or it's all through emails or you speak to the HR representative of of this huge entity and you don't ever actually get down to the nitty-gritty of well what what do you need how can we fix it that kind of thing so that was really some kind of attention that I wanted to be able to give to my job properly to feel like you're doing it properly if you're just filling in contracts that's that's not really what I would say employment law is so then I went to this other place and kind of worked there for about six months and one day I was on the on the tube and I just thought I actually really hate this so I quit which was the most dumb thing anyone's ever done age like I just decided I didn't want to do it anymore and just stopped stopped doing it and then I realized I didn't have anywhere to go and then I decided that I didn't want to be in London anymore even though my husband worked in London so that was a selfish decision from me and then I was looking for jobs in Leeds and and my mum lives in Doncaster so I was like right I can I can do maybe three days a week I can come up live with mum and go go into an office in Leeds and find a job in Leeds but realistically in law up until recently maybe it would be different now if you tried to apply for something like that but realistically in law those those kinds of working from home opportunities if you actually go into a law firm and say I want to work I only want to come in three days a week it would not be particularly well received and was not entirely well received so I ended up being starting to think oh I'm actually gonna have to never see my husband and come up five days a week or go back and forth and kind of got a bit despairing and then my mum texted me one day and was like oh there's this woman on the news she's chatting to Harry Gratian who is this he's the local news presenter but everyone knows who Harry is in Yorkshire and she was like he's, ha- he's chat- she's chatting to Harry Gratian she's she's opened a law firm but she's so passionate about mental health and I think she's an employment solicitor so mum sent me this link and her name was Jodie Hill so I sent her an email and I was just saying hi I really admire what you're doing if if you ever have any job openings I'd love to talk to you about it and um, and that is how I got my job so that is how I work where I where I work because my mother was watching Harry once again <laughs> so yeah and my mum always says that she got me my job so she always says to me you've got this job because of me and I'm like oh yeah absolutely Christine it's nothing to do with the years of experience I've got or all the hours I've put in no it's because you were watching the news that day (laughs) (laughs) oh bless it that's amazing and I think that just shows like sometimes like how proactiveness really pays off sometimes you've just got to send the email and see what happens yeah I I literally sent it and must have read it maybe like two or three times like got my husband to read it over my shoulder and I was like actually she's either going to engage with it or she's just not I may as well send her an email she seems like a fairly nice person she's not going to tell me to she's not going to swear at me by reply the worst you can say is no and I think when I kind of told myself the worst I can get is actually no go away I really was able to make make my peace with it and then obviously things worked out really well do you know what I think you might be the first ever person who's always wanted to do what they've ended up doing I think every single other person correct me if I'm wrong again but I've we always ask people is this what you've always wanted Mm -hmm. to do and they go no I just kind of fell into it didn't really even know this kind of job existed whereas it's really actually refreshing to hear that you've kind of always had that path in your head of like this is what I want to do it's funny though because whether I always wanted to do it or as I say I was always told that's what I wanted to do and I mean I don't particularly want to pull on that thread too much because <laughs> then I'll have a, a midlife crisis no oh, a midlife crisis age 27 no <laughs> imagine if we're the cause of it as well <laughs> 
digging into your career and you're like Can you imagine oh, if, this, if this whole recording just slowly becomes me being like I think I think I like my job like what, what else could what else could I be doing I think I'm happy am I no I do I do absolutely love it I think definitely when I was in my training contract I had so many moments where I was like oh should have should have done a history degree should have been a teacher mm-hmm. should have been a singing teacher all these things that I thought about and, um, and kind of always just said no I don't want to do that like I want to be a lawyer I always wanted to be a lawyer but there certainly were moments when things were bad where I thought actually I could do something else but I've always come back to it and I think also the thing about the law is that there's just so many different bits to it so you can literally just box off a whole area and say absolutely not and move into a different area that actually makes something work for you and I think with my job now I get to feel like I'm like we're trying to actively make a difference we campaign for like mental health risk assessments we work work really hard on diversity in workplaces we win awards Mm. for it and those are things that I would still be passionate about even if I wasn't a lawyer so it's almost like I've still ended up in in the job that I could have just as easily fallen into through another route so yeah one thing I liked about your story as well is how you mentioned that you were on the tube one day and you thought do you know what I quit and you you just decided to go with your gut instinct and do it and sometimes you just need to you you have those random moments don't you and you have to just follow your gut and be brave and do what feels right and then it it paid off in the long run I just thought it's another day of sitting on a really busy tube full of someone called an airplane the other day a tube full of Mm -hmm. monkeys and I haven't unheard it it's so accurate (laughs) it's like it actually is just like I'm sat in a box full of like of of human beings going somewhere where I don't want to be and I was like I can't spend every day doing this and I think the place I ended up going it wasn't Mm -hmm. what I thought it was going to be I didn't get the experience I wanted things weren't going so well at home and I didn't have time or capacity to Mm -hmm. do anything to kind of help either part of my life so I probably wasn't doing that job to the best of my ability but also I was kind of letting things fall apart at home up north and at home at home in London and I just kind of didn't have anything at all so it was kind of taking a step back and figuring out well, what's one thing that I can start to rebuild from? Mm-hmm. And I, I picked, I picked my job. Good start. <laughs> Good start. Just quit the thing that brings you income. <laughs> no, do you know what? I've done exactly the same a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It got to a Christmas, and I just thought, I can't do this anymore. It's not. It's making me miserable. And I quit my job. And then, similar to you, Alicia, things just kind of worked out in the end. But it's such a. I don't know about you, but I kind of did it, and then thought, oh shit. <laughs> now what (laughs) oh yeah I was literally like I I feel like I could could do with taking that back (laughs) and I was like well I've left now yeah and I kind of had this moment where I was like I could just say that I was kidding couldn't I like and then I I, um, called my mum and told her and she was literally like what have you done and my mum's usually the most supportive person who would have been like absolutely like we can make this work you can you know and instead I was kind of she was like this was a mistake I was like I'll prove to you it wasn't classic like classic and then she got you a job yeah then she got me a job she was fixing my mistakes still oh no I think it's a great story okay so what would you say has been a highlight of your career I think all my highlights are focused at Thrive I don't think I had any highlights prior (laughs) I think it's the best way to word it it's kind of like I was in the dark and then I stood out in the light and so there is nothing kind of pre pre thrive that I would say is a highlight an awful lot of low lights but everything else is just kind of me stumbling around in the dark trying to find a light switch I think thrive is is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me and it's probably like I I absolutely adore my job highlights um we won a whole bunch of awards last year as and being a kind of especially at the Yorkshire Legal Awards being a a new law firm we 
do get not looked down on but I think some people underestimate what we're doing and how long we're going to last and people think that we're just a you know a, a single entity kind of company that sits behind one spokeswoman and, and we are kind of half doing things and stand for wishy-washy stuff that doesn't really won't ever fly in the law so I think when we won we were up for like awards for kind of best employment law firm and best diversity and inclusion initiatives and best small firm and that was all like our first year of entering those awards and so to be up against all these big names like big big names in in the employment sphere to have those next to you and then win one that they didn't win was probably because also when you win awards for diversity and inclusion I think a lot of companies have so much money that they can throw at diversity and inclusion and so many initiatives that they can put together that they don't even necessarily have to see them through but on paper it looks extremely impressive to say we've invested this much we've done this these are all our schemes on on this that and the other whether they actually have any impact is a different question whereas I think I I just really appreciated actually people are even though we haven't got as much money and haven't got as much kind of we throw all our time time into it and throw all our passion into it and it was good to see that even in a legal sector and even on the legal sphere which I can sometimes be a little bit skeptical about they will still see that and they will still appreciate that so that was that was probably one of the highlights so far and also I think it's about practicing what you preach and actually doing what you say you're going to do I mean I think a lot of the time big kind of city firms big city companies you see massive entities with all these incredible ideas and plans and saying this is everything they're doing and you think well does it actually make any difference yeah. is are you are actually you? gonna is are people yeah people actually gonna kind of take that with them and are you actually gonna make the world a better place or are you are you even gonna make your workplace a better place it's a little bit like in my old firm one day they put fruit out on the kitchen island and I remember thinking how do you know we don't already eat plenty of fruit like how do you know that that's solving <laughs> anything like you're giving us fruit for free yay <laughs> how about going ahead and talking about the very real like stress levels or the mental health issues that you have in this workplace yeah. or the kind of disparity between men and women in the workplace fruit isn't going to solve any of that yeah. unless we could like throw it at each other <laughs> so so it's kind of like it's all a little sometimes I find it a little bit stale um, and yeah. if it doesn't come from the right place or with the right research or the right intentions behind it, it doesn't really mean anything. But it was nice to see that even though it was just us saying this is what we've done and this is why we're doing it versus other companies saying this is what we do and why we're doing it, people still see the genuineness. I think you're right. And I think a lot of companies, like you say, that kind of just want to be seen to be doing rather than actually doing. Yeah, exactly. And I do think furlough, well, furlough, lockdown, all of it has ho- hopefully kind of prompted a bit more of a discussion because I think people are a lot more open about their mental health and saying actually this lockdown situation is really getting me down or like I don't want to self-isolate because I can't face face this or that and I think people are being a lot more vocal about the second pandemic which is kind of the impact it's going to have on people's mental health to to have been through this for this year and um and I think that could be that's a really good impetus on some companies to do things and do them for the right reasons and actually it's a really good time to do that but whether I mean I mean whether they have the resources that's kind of if they do it with a genuine I suppose it comes down to if they do it for the right reasons also do you need to invest that hugely in it or is it just a matter of speaking to people what does that cost but equally on a wider scale it does start costing things and trying to do things that are expensive in an economic crisis is easier said than done. Okay, so what would you say has been one of the more challenging parts of your career? And if there's anything in particular you can think of, how did you overcome those challenges? I think the most challenging thing about when I first started was obviously I, when I finished my, when I was doing my legal exams to finish university, um, I went home in the Easter 
And um, while I was there, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. He died three weeks later, which was on the date of my first law exam. So I then went on to do three more exams after him having passed away. We like put off the um, the funeral and everything to kind of deal with that. And that obviously made me quite unwell. And I kind of just kept moving, did my LPC, kind of just kept running with this and kind of never really took the time to process it. And then when I started my training contract, obviously training contract is really long hours. I'd become quite reliant, potentially unhealthily so become quite reliant on my exercising regime and then I lost that very quickly because of um, having to work such long hours and then I got very ill so I got an ear infection that spread from my ear all the way down to my jaw and and that was quite early in my training contract so obviously I I, we, I think we started in September and I started getting ill towards the back end of October and by November I was off work for, for a couple of weeks hooked up to kind of IV antibiotics so I think the biggest challenge that I actually had was coming back from that and I think it's it's really hard to make a first impression again and it's really hard even if it's out of your control and even if you actually there there was there was nothing you could do like I couldn't control whether or not my ear was I couldn't control all of that but I couldn't control the fact that I was then the trainee who got sick and the trainee who wasn't here at first or the trainee who missed quite a lot of those first meetings and those first kind of social occasions and I think overcoming it was just by pure force of will by pure kind of overcompensating almost um, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend but equally I suppose I would part of me would kind of expect that if you if you feel like you have for whatever reason not done yourself justice you want to try and overcompensate and prove the things that you actually can do when when you couldn't before so I think that sheer force Mm -hmm. of will and sheerly like pure just trying to trying to kind of from a professional perspective just overwork or just work to as was expected but pushing as far as I could and doing as much as I can just to try and cancel out any bad impression and then on the social side it was partially just acceptance which was quite it's quite interesting for me I'm quite a I always want to be liked I always want everyone to like me get very very upset at the prospect of anyone not liking me or used to at least and I think actually when I accepted okay missed a lot of those kinds of social outings but equally was I really going to go out to nightclubs on a Wednesday night when I have to work on a Thursday no not really my kind of thing like do I do I really want to sit in the canteen and talk about like whenever you get a lunch break is that really my idea of kind of do I want to sit in a canteen and just chat rubbish about who each other is dating and that kind of thing is that really my vibe and I kind of thought well actually no and I think the acceptance of actually not everybody has to like me not everybody well not everybody has to be my friend I think they liked me I hope they I do still kind of hope they liked me but the acceptance that actually I don't have to be to be good at your job you do not have to be kind of entirely in the in crowd or the the kind of crowd that everyone knows really well yeah. and it is possible to excel at your job without having all your friends and your whole life being integral to your job which is ironic because now at Thrive or some of my best friends are at Thrive and and I couldn't do it without my team but equally I think I've kind of I, I learned a lot of the ability to self-motivate and kind of exist in that exist in a, like a siphon on my own where I was like okay you guys are all like really good friends and have a really good relationship and I'm happy to know you and I think you're really nice people but I just accept that that's not it's not who I am and I don't need to pretend to be someone I'm not but equally I don't need more friends like I have a cat at home like <laughs> I'm just more Christmas gifts to buy the more friends you have <laughs> but I think it was a really good learning lesson for me because also mm-hmm. I think I was coming off the back of kind of how ill I was and and how like mentally just like drilled down I was yeah it was actually just kind of a time for me to kind of re reevaluate everything anyway so coming at it from an angle of being like actually I don't 
don't particularly it's nice if you like me but I'm not going to work extra I'm not going to spend extra time trying to dwell on and I think it's a really difficult thing that you can suffer with when if you're in a big workplace or you're in a workplace like in the city where Mm -hmm. it is very much a cultural kind of and it's very much who you know not what you know sometimes and like if you if you go out for drinking go out for drinks with a partner and he really likes you he's far more likely to offer you a job or want you in a seat in his training contract than if he doesn't know who you are and it shouldn't work like that but I think I kind of just had to make my piece of actually being like okay well the partners I'll impress with how good I am at my work but if the other trainees aren't Mm. aren't my best friends that's okay yeah I think we all get that a little bit when we we start out our first jobs because it's literally you're stepping into the working world and you're so worried what people think about you and you I definitely felt the pressure of like you know how I came across and being friends with everybody I think it takes some time just like you said sort of having that acceptance of just being yourself knowing what's important to you and not worrying too much about everyone around you and it's so easy to end up spending Mm. all your time with those people because you want them to like you or want them to accept you and actually sacrificing the people who already do like and accept you because you're like oh I'm gonna spend time with you Mm -hmm. know my my work friends when actually you could be going to meet your other friends who maybe don't have any influence in your job but also will potentially make you much happier to spend time with them but yeah and I think also I, I do think a little bit of it might be coming from a university into a job because obviously when you're in uni and you're in freshers like everyone is your friend and it's the same like way back when you start in year seven or when you start college on your first like everyone is your friend you want to get to know everyone like it's very kind of like first day like ganging together kind of vibes and in a professional environment when you start like a graduate scheme which is effectively what a training contract Mm -hmm. is by a slightly different name but you do kind of have this idea that it's going to be the same and it's and it's not like people have Mm -hmm. come from very different backgrounds people aren't going to be they're not there to be Mm -hmm. your friends for life they're just your colleagues and learning that if unless you want them to be your friends they don't have to be and learning that was a very important kind of lesson for me so I completely get that and it's really funny because the first job I had it was similar to you listening that it was it was like a training contract there was both graduates and then a couple of us who hadn't gone to uni we just came straight from our A-levels but we all were all kind of in the same intake and I have to say I never felt like I quite fit in at that job like I, I spoke to the people in the office and stuff and, and I made a couple of really good friends from it but only literally like one or two and everyone else I was just mm-hmm. like god you know what they're all like in groups doing things socializing together and I was like they're just not kind of I, yeah I just felt like I didn't really fit in and I don't think I've ever told them this but we met in London at a job and I'd started was it two weeks before you yeah, got more yeah one? a couple of weeks before it wasn't that long before it was it yeah and I, I, I remember getting told that there was a new girl joining the team as well <laughs> and one of the other girls who was already in the team was like oh my goodness it's going to be great you two are going to become besties and in my head I genuinely went oh do you know what it's probably, it's probably not going to happen because I, I've never had that because I've never really felt like I fit in with people at work oh, I genuinely so thought oh yeah it's going to be nice we'll have a bit of a chat in the office but I genuinely was like oh no, yeah we're not going to be best friends <laughs> and here we are <laughs> Oh, so tearing up. Three and a half years <laughs> later, and I can't get rid of her. <laughs> no, I'm <Aww>. still here. <laughs> she moved to a different city, and I'm still hanging on. <laughs> so, Alicia, do you have any advice for women who want to work their way up the career ladder in the more corporate workplace? It's actually really interesting because Sophie and I were talking about this before. About I think it's changed a lot, but when I was a trainee, I did couldn't see many senior senior women partners and proper senior women um, who were kind of equity partners had a stake in the company all that kind of stuff that I wanted to be because I felt like a lot of those women had got there and this is solely in the city and I actually don't think it plays out nearly 
as much regionally but solely in the city what I thought was those women seem to have got there by almost and it's really hard to kind of articulate without sounding wrong but because I don't want to be judgmental of how other women kind of live their lives but it was like they had gone through their career the same way you would see a male partner do it so they had mm -hmm. children but they had nannies for their children they didn't they worked all hours of the day they were very kind of get the job done and, and did all that and I remember thinking that's not the kind of person I want to be because I want to have children and I want to be able to look after them and I want to be mm -hmm. able to be good at what I do without having to sacrifice and solely do my do my job I don't think I think everywhere is getting yeah. better and I actually to be honest think that the pandemic will probably help because actually there has to be an acknowledgement of that flexibility there is an acknowledgement that it is possible to work from home yeah. and still excel at your job so I think I think I my tip would be even though everyone is telling you to and that even though it seems like a lot of the role models are don't sacrifice what's important to you because I just don't think that's what you need to do I really hope I'm right I might end up being wrong and it might end up being that actually we are still in a place where we do need to make those sacrifices but I just I personally I never will I will never I, I would never want to be in a position where I feel like I'm giving up my wider mm -hmm. goals to do with my life and my family and things that I want to achieve personally personally for my job just to be really really good at my job obviously like doesn't mean I won't work extra hours when I want to do things and, and kind of put the put the time in but I don't ever want to be in a place where I suddenly think oh I wanted to be a mum and I wanted to go see my children's plays and here I am and I'm not there that's the kind of stuff that I, really is important to me that isn't something that I want to do and I hope I'm right when I say that it is possible to excel in the corporate world without having to sacrifice that. Have you found it different now working did you say you're your boss is now a woman is it Jodie? Yeah, certainly. So I think I think part of the thing about Thrive is that we are so disruptive. So Jodie is, yeah, Jodie mm -hmm. set up Thrive and the whole point is that it's meant to be different. So we work really flexibly. I've always worked from home a lot. Um, we work kind of the hours that suit us. So that's already there embedded in our culture, which is part of the reason why I'm not worried when I say about how I want to progress and how I see my future. I'm not worried about having to, I, I don't think I'll ever be put in a position where I have to choose because I think work will always, like I think Jodie will always listen to me, but also because we're just so much about practicing what we preach. We, we do work long hours, but because we love what we do and we want it to be done well, equally, if we said one day, actually I've worked really long hours all week, I'm gonna take this Friday afternoon off, that would be fine with everyone and that's okay. And I think, yeah, it is making a difference. Not just Jodie though, I think throughout, through mm -hmm. Jodie but also through kind of moving to Yorkshire and moving trying to kind of re-enter the kind of regional like especially in Leeds law circuit you do see a lot more female women lawyers who are basically having children and being partners and, and doing both well without yeah. sacrificing one for the other you see a lot of there are so many more and maybe I was just in the wrong firm maybe they do exist in the city but they didn't necessarily exist where I was there were a couple kind of coming through the ranks more junior partners that were probably trying to get that balance right but it just always felt like it wasn't quite there whereas I think in Yorkshire and regionally generally outside of the city I think there is a lot more kind of acceptance that actually that flexibility is is fair and it's what people need and also that a lot of people won't even stay because more as more people offer those kinds of opportunities and offer that a better work-life balance people aren't going to want to work in places that asks you to choose and asks you to make that sacrifice so it's like the whole argument about as generally 
Generation Z come in, they have such a different, they value so many different things in the workplace. They value, they are very aware of their rights. They value equality pretty much above all else, but they also value, talk a lot. They're very aware of their own mental health. They value self-care yeah. and time to time to do that and time to engage in hobbies and things like that. So mm-hmm. trying to get a workplace that's suitable for Generation Z and as you try and kind of market to younger generations means that you're probably going to have to change culturally the entirety of what you do but that will probably impact everyone quite well something you said by that question and that thrive is disruptive and i love that word you're like using that word it's like you are disruptive but in like the best way possible i think it's just there's so much i think we both saw from experience that there's so much there is an idea of law firms and it plays out in fact law firms are predominantly a bit like in suits where you just have lots of junior people stumbling over trying to do the photocopying at 3am and and partners in a senior role who brought in a client in 1999 and have been living off the income ever since and barely do anything (laughs) and often just go swimming in Hampstead Heath and turn up being like oh how's your day been it's like I don't even have any words Um, (laughs) sorry I'm just gonna say something here have you ever had the experience where we had one partner who he he didn't know anybody's name so he would always come over to like where all us associates were sat in the like the peasant area of the office and he'd always be like morning team and he'd call everybody team because he had no idea what anybody's name was so he just always went morning team and at first you thought oh yeah he's like he's great (laughs) of us all as a team and it was generally because he didn't know anybody's name I was like oh okay maybe not that's that's so funny um I did have on my last day of my training contract I bumped into a partner in a lift and he introduced himself to me and I was literally like I think I've emailed you every day for like the past maybe six months but nice to meet you too (laughs) but yeah I think so when lockdown happened and we were talking about everything going flexible and and working from home law firms really really struggled with that and and I went to a round table and a big reason why lots of law firms were saying they struggled with it is because they were like well we can't see our junior members of staff how do we know where they're working and I thought ultimately that's what's wrong with the whole structure because they don't trust that junior people who've worked probably their whole lives to get to that point would then throw it away by not doing any work that idea is just isn't borne out in fact because they probably are working they're probably bending over backwards they're probably overworking and you're not helping (laughs) that but I just remember thinking that is so indicative of what Mm. needs to be what's wrong at the moment in in the legal industry and in a lot of corporate settings is that there just isn't that trust between junior and senior people and that's where we're super disruptive because our flexible working rules apply just as much for Jodie as they do for our paralegals yeah. even for the people who come in on work experience they can they yeah. can kind of be pretty chill which always alarms them would you say you've learned anything about yourself as you've built up your career Ooh, that is a deep question um what a monday i didn't know i was coming for therapy <laughs> 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 I think the thing about doing a training contract in the city that's absolutely like working ridiculous hours and pushing yourself and being like, oh my gosh, it's seven o'clock, I can find it. Like, what an early time for me to leave, which is just the most bizarre thought process. Remember I told my friend that. I was like, oh my gosh, it's 7.30 and I'm leaving work. And she was like, I have literally been in a bar for two hours. Why are you was? How is that? How is that good for you? And I was like, no, this is really early for me. <laughs> that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Um, sorry, that was a complete, a complete tangent for me but I think learning those <laughs> learning about that I can do it I think was is 
the biggest I always thought I knew I can work hard but I've always been quite clever naturally like I worked for my A-levels but I, and I obviously pushed myself quite hard but I've never really been on that point where I was like I cannot physically do this anymore there's nothing else I can give until I was in my training contract and until you were working at kind of 3, 4am and and are still pushing and the knowledge that I can do that I never want to <laughs> the knowledge that I can do that is kind of invaluable and is something that I carry with me all the time just the knowledge that when things do come through and I think oh my gosh I've got to get Mm. that done today that's going to be that means I'm going to have to work a bit late bearing in mind that now a bit late is more like 8 p.m whereas before it was 4 a.m I I think it the knowledge that I can do that and the confidence that comes from actually saying this is I can definitely push comes to shove I can manage I'm not going to break down I'm not going to crumble like let's go is something that's really important to me and it's probably the biggest thing that I've learned about myself also just learning to believe in myself Mm -hmm. and like know that I'm making the right decisions for the right reasons is also probably a big one yeah I think I'd obviously never say there's ever like a right time to be in to have that experience of working till 4am but it's kind of like I bet now when like you say when you sit there and maybe it's a bit of a stressful day and you Mm. think god like if I can do that I can get through today (laughs) like it's gonna be fine (laughs) it's kind of like the right way around to do it exactly and if you can get through that in that that environment as well yeah if you're like I can do it there when no one's gonna say thank you (laughs) like it's just gonna be expected you're just gonna have to do it no one's gonna reward you no one's gonna buy you a coffee or say great job you you're just gonna do it and it's thankless so the only real reason you're doing it is because you have to not because even a tiny part of you wants to you just have to I've never been in a position and I don't think there are many common positions that you'll ever be in outside of work where you just have to do something and it has it has to be done it probably had to be done yesterday and I think the knowledge that whereas now even when I have stuff that needs to be done and it's going to take a while I probably want to do it because I like my clients and I like what I do but the knowledge that if I absolutely have to I will it will just it will get done and it will get done to the point where you don't even know how it was done like you read it again and you're like wow this is pretty impressive to say that I did this on however many caffeine pills (laughs) okay so are there any particular goals or ambitions that you're working towards so thrive if I speak about kind of how we're working towards we've got we're working just towards more diversity and equality in the workplace we want to push for risk assessments mental health risk assessments in the workplace and I think trying to just keep pushing on on when we talk about mental health as a disability and accounting for that and trying to make that conversation a much more commonplace one would be then us achieving our goals as a firm personally my goal I just want to stay where I am and stay happy I'm not picky I'm pretty compared to where I have been and where I could be I have absolutely no complaints and I would like to keep that level of gratitude so as long as I don't feel like I'm ever letting myself down I'll be happy something else I want to like at least try and have more of a conversation about is um, statutory bereavement leave and supporting people properly after bereavement that's something that I would quite like Mm -hmm. to be a bit of a thought leader on a bit of a kind of because I've got a lot of thoughts about about grief and bereavement and and supporting people after that happens and I think that's something that I would be very interested in becoming more of an expert in I don't profess to be an expert at the moment and there's all kinds of ideas of if I have time I might go train as a grief counsellor or train as a psychotherapist and figure out how to kind of match both those things and make things better for people in, in employment when they do lose people but for now I'm absolutely great 
I don't really, I feel like I achieved a lot of my goals by ending up, if you'd asked me like three years ago, my goal would have been work somewhere where I'm happy, like have a job I like. And it sounds so basic, but you spend a ridiculous percentage of your time every day working. So I've achieved that. So that's, that's got to be good. That's really lovely. Okay, so finally, and this one isn't a serious question, this one is just a bit of fun, so you don't need to think about this one too much, but if you could do any job in the world, what would it be? I'd kind of want to be like, this is going to sound really strange, I kind of want to be like a first class air hostess or like on a private jet. How cool would that be (laughs) That would be really cool. Or like... (laughs) Just something that involves celebrities, I think. Like, I find myself... (laughs) Which sounds really stupid because I don't actually care about, like, people who are famous. But, like, I would love to be in one of those jobs where you're like, oh, you know, like, I saw Judy Dench today. Meh, just another day at the office. Like, that's the kind... I have no idea what role that is, but if anyone knows, let me know. Um, I want to be in daily contact with Judy Dench. Or work at the palace that that would be amazing too <laughs> daily contact with the queen oh, yeah, would be a good one. would be pretty good but yeah i something like that if i could do anything else i don't think i have any of the skills required and also i'm not tall enough to be a um, to be an air hostess oh my god me neither because i have i considered this at one point and i'm not tall enough either and it made me really sad there's quite a lot of things that i'm just not tall enough for which i find <laughs> quite like personally upsetting um, and <laughs> like i i feel like there's quite a lot of roles that you're just excluded for if you're if you're not tall enough but i feel like it's quite not really okay is it but you know i wasn't planning on joining the army anyway (laughs) (laughs) or being a pilot i can't really drive my car so i don't think i'd be a very good pilot oh i love it (laughs) there were some great answers oh well thank you so much for your time alicia it has been so lovely to chat to you i've had a lovely time thank you very much for having me i'm always happy to always happy to chat is it for this week thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to hit the subscribe button now so that you never miss a show if you do have any career-based questions quandaries or predicaments that you'd like us to answer you can drop us an email at hello at girlsinwork.com this podcast is made possible by listeners like you so thank you for your support next time on the girls in work podcast And when we talk about self-promotion, it's about talking about your achievements. It's not going in there saying, everybody, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's it's talking about your achievements in a really factual and practical way. I think the perception of women who are confident, I think when a man self-promotes, they're seen as confident and they know their shit and they know how to do their job. I think sometimes when a woman does it, they're seen as being a bit up themselves. And like you say, it's that societal view of women should be humble. Is that that the right answer? (laughs) See you next time on the Girls in Work podcast.